Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are going to be wrapping up week four and moving on to week five. Bye weeks, official bye weeks, are about to start. We're going to talk about a variety of things today, but first of all, let's start with the gulag. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh, break through the moon door. The moon door was for our good friends John Dietz and Stephen Tungus. Both of them went through the moon door with very, very low scores this week. Starting with Johnny had 58.62, and then Steven, in a last-ditch effort, scored 67.34. The elimination score was 69, nice something. And (laughs) Steven, in his flex, he originally was going to have, oh man, who was he going to have? Do you recall? Oh, Devontae Adams. He's going to have Devontae Adams, who was ruled out, picked up Demir Bird. Who actually put up a 13-point performance, but I for sure thought he would t- pick up David or what's his name, Robert Tanyan, the Packers tight end, who literally blew up the internet. He is now he is now the tight end. I thought it was I thought it said one on the season from a tweet I saw. Wouldn't be surprised he leads the NFL in tight touchdowns from the tight end spot. So he could have saved Steven and his Packer fandom, but instead he took Demir Bird. Wasn't enough. Steven and Johnny are headed through the moon door. We'll see you later. We are now down to 24 people left in the Gulag League, uh, including, you know, some people are going to be bounced that shouldn't be bounced this week, probably if we get some cancellations. But that is the Gulag in a nutshell. So let's talk about some waivers that went through this week. The first one was absolutely ridiculous. So Kayla, she spent $563 on Kyler. <laughs> my, my God. She had, I believe, Stafford. And he is on bye, but QBs are incredibly replaceable. And if you score at least 10 from a quarterback, other positions are much more important. I have Big Ben. Technically just had his bye last week, so I have him the rest of the season if I really wanted to go that route and spend money on other people. Trevor, yeah. then. Oh, sorry. Kyler, Kyler for $563. I mean, he's a top five fantasy quarterback. She outbid the next highest person who put in 171 Her budget is gone. Yep. She did have $1,000, though, to start. So, But still, she's spending 56% of her budget. Um, and she has one of the top teams in terms of points for Move on to Trevor then. Trevor had two pretty big, curious of your thoughts now that you're out, but he had two pretty big bids. First of all, Davante Adams. I did not put in a single dollar on Davante Adams solely because of the fact that he's going on by. So I figured, you know, I'll let someone else spend the money, and we know there's probably going to be some solid talent that's going to get dropped in these next couple weeks. Davante Adams, of course, is in the top notch. He is a little banged up. He was supposed to play on Monday, but I didn't think it was worth the investment at this current point, so that's why I passed on him. Trevor spent 522 Trevor spent $528 on Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And then he also went and got uh, Evan Ingram for $222 when the next closest bid was 31 Yikes. Uh, so I went and I talked to him. I, I, I literally said, you're, you're screwed at running back and paid a bunch of money for a guy on buy. Yeah. Yikes. He said, yeah, I'm way more mad about my Evan Ingram. I thought others wanted 
would pay more and I really wanted him. I'm like, oh, so I told him, I, I, I can understand the Devontae Adams move. Like, he is a top 10, if not top 5, fantasy receiver with the Packers wide receiver depth as shit as it is right now. He's a really, really good player. 52% of your budget, probably not that much. Evan Ingram makes zero sense at all. And I told him, and he's like, well, I wanted to go out. And if I'm, if I'm going out, I want to at least spend some of my money. Cause he had like $900 left. Yeah. But why the hell would he spend it on two guys that aren't going to like Evan Ingram? At least he's playing against Dallas's defense, but Devonta Adams, his two running backs before this were Jamal Williams and Tyler Irvin. Both of them are on by what the hell is he going to do there? He has no money left. He just spent three fourths of it. I know he he said well because Philip Lindsay's coming back this week okay as he should be right now so that's one of them and then he was pissed at you for your your uh, budget or your pickup Which we'll in talk about a Johnson. Bit. yeah 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 he was really pissed about that so he's got to go find someone else now yeah and I'm like as long as you can make it out of this week with a running back then you can start Philip Lindsay and Jamal Williams next week I guess but. You're going to need Devontae Adams to go off each week to make that happen. Yeah. So Jay Boster actually got Keenan Allen. I really wanted him. I only spent, I only put down about $185 worth of my budget. Uh, Jay Boster got Keenan Allen for $350. As long as Herbert is the option there, I think Keenan Allen is way more valuable than with Tyrod. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good pickup. Third of your budget on a top receiver. Good, good move. Yep. And then Dusty Iring, he ended up taking one-third of his budget and dropping it on Joshua Kelly. I thought that was absolutely preposterous. Um, Joshua Kelly should be the guy, even though I've been very pissed at him in these last two weeks because he can't hang on to the ball. Um, He has been the better running back than Justin Jackson, but Justin Jackson's also been a little banged up, so he really hasn't had much to prove or much opportunity to prove anything. Uh, Joshua Kelly spending a third of his budget, I thought that was quite odd especially because dusty you had not been even close to elimination yet yeah that was that was interesting like i know you want to upgrade your running back position the next highest bid was half of what he paid yeah so that's a lot so andy ended up getting brandon Ayuk, who actually had a solid game hey is brandon Ayuk basically a twin of debo samuel because the plays that he was making against the Eagles, it looked like he had like an identical role as what Debo had in the last year. So I'm curious how those two are going to interact. And he spent $111 on Brandon Ayuk, and the next closest was $25. I mean, it's probably a bit of an overpay, but uh, I saw some tweets on Sunday where they were comparing them, and they're like, are they just going to keep letting the 49ers get all the yards after catch monsters? Now that Debo's back with Brandon Ayuk... They're just going to throw short passes all the time and let them work. You'll have George Kittle go down the middle of the field and they'll run the ball on you and their 49ers offense will be unstoppable once Garoppolo's back. Yeah. So. Tarpy spent $81 on noodle arm Drew Brees. But, you know, <laughs> this is my problem, though. He's got a week six bye, so it's really going to be like a one-week rental. Um, like I said, there are some starting quarterbacks, whether they be very good or not, still available that were not bid on. $81, though, is not that much. Andy had $1,000 left of his budget, so it's not the worst thing in the world. No, not bad. And then I ended up getting D. Ernest Johnson, the AAF superstar, with a nice bid of $69. And as you said, <laughs> Trevor was pretty pissed. Yeah, Trevor wanted uh, the next closest bid. I'm pretty sure he had – yeah, he had 33 on him. That's a that's a good pickup. Browns do a two-running back system. Chubb's down. He's going to be getting some carries for a while. I did not know he was in the AAF, though. Yep. So $33 he spent on Uranus, but yet he spent two twenty two on Evan Ingram. Got to know the yep. logic. I, I told him it didn't make any sense, and I still don't make understand what he was doing. But. Now, Vince dropped $46 on Ryan Tannehill, and I would compliment this move, but, I mean, and what do we know? Ryan Tannehill may not even play this week because the Titans may have to miss another game. But $46 for Tannehill, I think that's pretty good value, especially coming off a quote-unquote buy. Yeah, uh, he should have been set up to be have him be his quarterback for the rest of the year. That would have been a really smart move until what happened today. So yeah. we'll see. 
we'll talk about that a little bit later. So Jenny actually got Kyle Allen for $27. Gross. He was the least court, least accurate quarterback in the NFL last year. Uh, he's a starting quarterback for the football team, but ugh, I don't want anything to do with that. I, I just wrote down yikes. Like, you don't want him as your starting quarterback. Oh. I don't understand what the Redskins, sorry, football team is doing. Like, Haskins hasn't looked great, but he's only started 10 games. Yeah. He was a first-round pick two years ago. Give him a shot. And the thing I found out today that was really interesting is he's not even going to be a second-string quarterback. He's not even going to be suited up on Sunday. They're suiting up Alex Smith, and they are completely benching Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, that's that's a great way to destroy the confidence of your first round quarterback. Now, I wonder if she put in a bid like today for him because of the Bills Titans news and speculation, uh, because she does have Josh Allen on the team. Uh, I would have just waited it out to be honest, rather than spending twenty seven dollars on the least accurate quarterback in the NFL last year. Yeah, you can get him for free. You can get him for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, twenty seven. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so Brad spent $20 on Damian Harris. Really, really good. Justin Jackson, $15. $35 on two startable running backs at this point is unbelievable. Damian Harris, though, Patriots might miss a game this week. We'll have to see what happens. I know there was only one positive test with Stephon Gilmore, but they are on watch right now. The game's on as of this moment. If they play against Denver, oh my gosh, that's a great deal for Brad. Yeah, I was shocked that he got him for that low. Great job managing right there. Yep. So we are going to now talk about some cookies. Cookie! So let's get into it. Let's take a look at this week's cookies. Once again, we're going to alternate. And it looks like we set another record for cookies. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, another, one more record, 365.08 points. It's continuously gone up. Uh, we started at uh, 333, 340, 349, and now we're at 365. Uh, we're doing great, guys. Keep Nuts. it up. So let's start at the quarterback. With lefty, did a backflip with Dak Prescott, 45.28. Did you know this? Dak Prescott is currently on pace to throw 60 500 yards we are now four games through that's insane <laughs> the defense is so bad but their offense is so good <laughs> yeah um i'm sad that i had traded him but i got a good package for him uh congrats on his first cookie uh i'm gonna he's gonna just light it up this year yeah. uh their defense is yeah like you said this bad all right, so then we had two running backs go. Oh, by the uh, way, he had 45.28. I didn't even get to mention that. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, so we had two running backs. One, a little bit of a shocker. Uh, Joe Mixon finally showed up this year. Stud. Uh, fantasy-wise, he is a great running back, but he showed up fantasy-wise this week. Jake gets his, gets the cookie with 42.1 points. What a performance. Three touchdowns, an incredible leaping um catch and then the the backbreaker 40 yard down run at the end of the game then randy gets a cookie with dalvin cook with 28.6 points uh part of randy's two cookies uh his dalvin cook was on fire on sunday let's move into the wide receivers starting with another cookie to randy obj odell beckham jr absolutely shit on the cowboys 38.4 points including a receiving touchdown from Jarvis Landry and a 50-yard end around. What a beast he was. And we know Odell is capable of doing this. Yeah, he that that was a vintage Odell Beckham performance right there. That was yeah. awesome. Then our second was Amari Cooper with 34.4 to you. Um mm-hmm. crazy. It was, it was a fun performance. Uh, Mari Cooper's getting a lot of bites right now. He's one of the top fantasy uh, receivers for the year. I'm loving having him on my team. So then we have the uh, George Kittle gets his first cookie of the year. Uh, tight end uh, came back and came back in a vengeance. Uh, 40.1 points for Spaceballs. 
What a performance. He was all over the field. That guy is a beast. Caught every single target thrown his way. Whether it be from Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. Starting with our flex, then we got D.J. Chark. He's back. Chark week, 29.5 to Ryan. Cookie goes to him. Then Adam Thielen, 26.2 to me. Skull. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Uh, then I'm not even gonna say his real name. Fat Randy. Let's with the go. Cookie. <laughs> Seventeen points for Jake. His second cookie of the week. Both Bengals. Let's look at the defensive line. Then we have, watch your heads, folks. Miles Garrett with eleven and a half going to Sturk Daddy on the D line. Watch your heads. Uh, linebacker this week is Seahawks linebacker KJ Wright for Sturk. That's two IDP cookies in a row. Sturk had KJ Wright had 13 points for Sturk. At the defensive back, D Slagkey gets Tyron Matthew. The Honey Badger does not care. 15 points, including a pick six that literally fell right into his hands. 15 points to Tyron Matthew. Yeah, that was a gift. Um, <laughs> and then the final IDP cookie, uh, flex cookie is from my team, Bobby Wagner, the other Seahawks linebacker. Wow. A lot of fancy points from the Seahawks linebackers this week. Uh, Bobby Wagner had 12. Don't forget, got an MVP vote from Tony Dungy on the season in which he only played like six games. Never forget. Looking at the team totals. Then we have a leader at the top. Fuller house has seven cookies. And then we have a four-way tie with six. Amelia Clark Fan Club, Pandemic Pangolin Special, Lamar and Friends, and Outdoor Furnishings. With five cookies, we have Team Backflip. We have a three-way tie with four with Seeing Ghosts, Fresh Prince of Hell Air, and The Kick is Gould. Spaceballs, the FFT, has two cookies. And then at the bottom, we have a two-way tie with one between King Henry's Kingdom and Mrs. Burrow. As Justin and I already mentioned, we already set a high for cookie team score for the fourth consecutive week. We'll see if that pace continues in week five. We're going to come right back to talk about waivers, trades, and anything to do with the NFL. I'm telling mother, you can't. How many bastards does he have? Running, I will punish you. Find who did that and bring him to me. You can't insult me. Kill him. Kill all of them. I command it. I want these people executed. I'll gut you, you little cunt. Traitors. All their heads. What are you doing? We need to attack them. Let them have us. So, if I wanted to attend a council meeting, I would now have to climb all the stairs in the Tower of the Hat. Let's talk about some waivers that went down this week. So you have in here lots of shenanigans with the COVID waivers. What do you mean by that? Well, you were telling, you were texting me Sunday morning, or you sent out the thing that a lot of people were trying to get people without on the IR, and they kept grabbing people. You kept grabbing joke guys. I think Roberto Aguayo was on your roster for oh, yeah. a little while. You guys were just having fun with it, uh, and then you came out on Sunday morning and said. They have the out notification. It has to be IR or COVID to have them out. And then a bunch of people were dropping people to make sure their rosters were even. It was a lot of madness Sunday morning, but it worked out. We're all good now. A yeah. lot of people dropped this week. I think we had I think we had at one point Jake had like five people that were not IR eligible. Which by the way, I had explained this like three or four times. It has to be IR, COVID, pup. Or they need to be out for at least three weeks. None of this game time decision, they're ruled out for the week. You can't put them on IR. That's not what it classifies as. So just remember that if you're listening. Let's talk about some waivers, though. So first of all, Lefty did a backflip and grabbed the AAF superstar Dearness Johnson for $54. Thoughts? Uh, That's a lot of money. I think I put wow after it. Dearness Johnson is going to be great depth for his team. I know he just lost a bunch of running back depth in that trade for Dak. He might be starting Dearness Johnson, and then it'd be worth it. But even still, $54 a lot of money. Randy gets this guy that he drafted back, Steven Gostowski, who, by the way, Will dropped. <laughs> Goes to Randy, $3. <laughs> 
You may not even be able to play this week, though, because the Titans may not play. Yeah, we'll see how long Guskowski stays on Randy's roster. Maybe he'll grab a second kicker for a week and drop him. Who, who, we're unsure. We'll see what happens. Tim Patrick went to Spaceballs for $0. I can't believe he got him for $0, to be honest. Um, he's like the wide receiver two now in Denver. Yeah, that was that was a good pickup by Spaceballs. Um, going forward next year, we'll see how much of a role he's got. But this year, that's a good depth piece with Sutton out for the year. So I took Josie Jewell, who is on the Denver Broncos, banged up defense, but he's been the bright spot, it seems like, so far. Bradley Chubb's now going to miss time. Let's see how long I actually get to keep him because the Broncos may not even play the Patriots this week. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know you messaged before saying it might be a one-day pickup. Yep. And then Will, uh, yeah, who did Will pick up? Yeah, Will picked up Kyle Van Noy on the Dolphins. Interesting. And then... How are the Rex Specs, baby? Rodrigo Blankenship. Except he gave him the wrong nickname on Sleeper. Uh, I, have a, I have a bone to pick with Will about this. Uh, I love this guy. He's like probably one of my favorite players in the NFL. This guy um, likes to make miniature figurines for all of the famous battles in the past. He has all of the superhero uh, action figures. Uh, this guy was a soccer star, football star at Georgia. He walked on. You gotta give him the right nickname. <laughs> uh, Goggles is not the nickname. He, <laughs> loves he loves it when it, they're called Rex Specs, which is why I literally have a team in my ESPN league. Power of the Rex Specs is the team name. I love that man. Goggles reminds me of Steve. Yes. Which reminds me of Pussy. <laughs> true. Very true. Pussy, 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 pussy. Okay, so let's move on here. Let's talk about some trades. Wait, there's one of them. That's it. <laughs> so Will and Little Slads made one trade this week. Austin Eckler went from Will's team after being injured for David Montgomery, and I believe it was a second, not a third. Are you sure it was a third? I thought it was a third. Hmm, let me look. What do you think about that trade? Um, Austin Eckler is the better player, but with his injury history, Will's trying to go get a win this season. It was a David second. Montgomery. It was a second. Just look. Was it a second? Yep. Um, Will's trying to get a win this year. Uh, he gets a starting running back and a second round pick. I like that a lot better. Now that's a second. I think Will wins that for right now. I would just agree. because the emergence of Joshua Kelly. Uh, Austin Eckler is kind of going back a little bit. Um, but Will Will with a big win in that one, I believe. And Little Slats right now is only two and two. So if that is his pick, which I haven't seen if it is, um, that could be a middle round, second round pick. So that could be good value uh, right there. That might be QB territory if he wants to grab another quarterback, knowing that he's got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the squad. But Teddy Bridgewater has been a really pleasant surprise so far for Will. Uh, the second round was Little Slabs. Oh, okay. So it's going to be middle probably. Mm-hmm. Talk... That everything holds up as it does right Yeah, now. exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the NFL, uh, specifically with Corona and COVID going on right now. So as of this moment, there's three games that are at risk of being canceled this week. Um, Not good at all. It includes the Raiders game. It includes the Patriots game. It includes the Bills game. So a Raider player just tested positive. Stephon Gilmore was the second Patriot to test positive. They played Denver. And then, of course... Titans go one day without any positive cases, and then they get more positive cases. So they cannot open their facility. You need to have two days consecutively of no positive tests. So now they need to depend on Thursday and Friday, knowing that they've already played some of their player, put some of their players onto the COVID list. Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis are on the COVID list. I don't even know who's going to play wide receiver there. If A.J. Brown is not healthy, Khalif Raymond... Uh, I'm looking at picking up somebody in our rookie league. I don't even know what his name is, but he was a rookie that just got activated to their 53-man oh. roster. Is it Batson? Hmm? Is it Batson? Is that his name? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, they have a couple of their outside pass rushers, Carlos Correa, and I thought I saw another name on there that was... Um, Simmons, I think. Jeffrey Simmons. He's their first-round pick from last year that starting defensive tackle. Uh, their long snapper, which you don't... 
really realize a long snapper's job until you, you're missing one. Um, so yeah, I don't know how they play this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans Bills are going to have another week, bye week. I don't know what that's going to do to the NFL schedule, but yeah. it, it'll definitely be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they, because I've heard speculation that they do an entire week by, but there's a game tomorrow night, so I don't know. They'd have to move the ball on that very, very quick because you can't just have the Buccaneers-Bears play and then cancel everything else because then it's like, okay, are you going to give the Bears and Buccaneers a second bye week? I don't know. Potentially. I mean, they could. Um, they do have that extra week built in um, in between the Super Bowl. Usually it's meant for like the Pro Bowl, getting everybody, all the Super Bowl teams healthy enough for the Super Bowl. Um, they could potentially move everything a week back that way. Otherwise, they're going to start moving Super Bowl dates. And that is where you get like a lot of entertainment and time blocked off. TV networks have stuff planned for that. It's the NFL that move it around. But I think that's what would happen right now if they did have to have that extra bye week off. Yeah. I'm going to play it. So that horn that I just played is for the Miami Dolphins. The big news just came out today that they are now opening their capacity to max. 65,000. They are not having any restrictions. Florida's a fucking joke. I did not see this. I am... Uh, I What? Yeah. It's just well, idiotic, to be honest. Florida's going to skyrocket shortly. And Miami's okay. a big hotspot right now, so... Oh, boy. So what about Jacksonville and Tampa Bay? I haven't heard anything about them. I just heard about the Dolphins. I was looking through Twitter this morning. I thought the NFL said you can only get up to 25% right now. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to necessarily – they're just trying to shove it all down before everything gets shut down. I don't know what it's going to look like. Whatever. OJ Howard, he's out for the year. Tough blow to you. Tough blow to Tampa because he actually had a good game in Tom Brady's five-touchdown game. Yeah, um, just – uh, joins the tight end carousel for me, I guess. I get, this week I'll get Eric Ebron back so I can actually like use him this week between Logan Thomas and Tyler Eifert. They're okay options. I was hoping OJ Howard would break out this year, and he was just starting to, and then he tears his Achilles. Yeah. So I'm looking for tight ends. Send me good offers. We'll move on. Uh, should we play the sad music? Oh, it's playing. Goodbye, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> the GM, Thank the you president, the head coach, the assistant head coach, the play caller, the owner, the number one fan, the season ticket holder, Bill O'Brien. Rest in peace. Fired by the Houston Texans. Sent away the franchise's best player, I'll argue, over Deshaun Watson. Traded a first for Larry Mitunzel. Traded for a washed-up running back. Traded their first and second-round pick away to Miami. Gross. So they're now looking at a third-round pick being their earliest. Barely any weapons. Or the weapons that they have are completely unhealthy. No offensive line, no defense. The Houston Texans are fucked. Shout out JJ Watt for getting in an argument with him last week at a screaming match, is what it sounded like. Uh, talking about his coaching. Uh, the Texans actually played solidly against the Steelers, but they just couldn't uh, finish it, at, or sorry, against the Vikings, but just couldn't get it done at the end. That was a really close catch. Fourth down, fourth and goal. Throwing to Will Fuller, and the ball just touches the ground when he's trying to catch it. Uh, congrats to the Vikings in their first win of the year. But you also went against Bill O'Brien's Texans. The Texans are going to be a dumpster fire for the rest of the year, and I think next year when they actually get a good coach with all the talent that they have, I think they're going to turn it around next year. But Bill O'Brien, you will not be missed. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lions absolutely collapsed again. That's another double-digit victory that they now have, or another double-digit lead that they have blown. Not good for the Lions. 
Not good for Matthew Stafford. I wish that he could be given the riddance that he deserves. Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, the Lions are getting Falcons level. Yeah. Uh, with all of their collapses, so it's rough. Uh, I think now the new um, head coach firing standings are going to be between Dan Quinn and Matt Patricia by the end of this year, and and Adam Gase. Between those three, one of them is getting fired in the next few weeks. What about Joe Judge? It's first year. Hmm. First year, and the Giants weren't good. They weren't expected to be good. We'll give him some some uh, relief, but both New York teams still suck. Yep, Jets and Giants are still winless. A I don't know. Oh and eight. Ugh. I think if they combined their rosters, they still wouldn't be a win. <laughs> uh, like, you have the best players from all their rosters, they still wouldn't be a winning team. Yeah. It's just gross. Like, I, I feel bad for New York fans that are not Bills fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Burrow got his first win. That was a nice victory over Jacksonville. Did you hear what he did with the game ball? Nope. So I was on part of my take. Um, uh, yeah, I think I did hear this. Tell Joe listening. Burrow was given a game ball for his first career NFL victory. He said, it's too good of a game ball. we got to put it back in the practice bag. <laughs> so... <laughs> Instead of keeping that ball, they're going to have a, that game-winning ball in their practice bag. Uh, they were joking, saying that um, if it's once they had all the game balls and they put them all back in the practice bag, they're going to only have winning balls, and the, the Bengals will never lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, he had a great performance. Good for the Bengals. Good job, Joey Burrow. Get AJ back Green fucking sucks. He's washed. He's a great player. He's just he's too many injuries. He's old. Sucks. We had another awesome showing for uh, Justin Herbert against Tampa Bay. Didn't have enough again. So he threw a pick at the end of the game um, when they were driving to tie it up. Obviously, Austin Eckler went down. Couldn't even get on the cart. He was that hurt. Uh, Tom Brady seemed to be very, very impressed, especially because the Chargers were leading by a lot most of the game. But uh, they blew that. And lose to Tampa Bay. Now they get a Monday night showdown with New Orleans. So Justin Herbert is going to get in the last four weeks. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes. Three of his four games. Yikes. That's a great way to start. Welcome the NFL rookie moment there. Yeah, um, yeah he looked really impressive. Uh, I, I was watching through Red Zone and you know, he looked good. Uh, Tom Brady threw another pick six. That was that was impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm amazed that that the, the whatever the Buccaneers quarterback is is just going to be throwing pick sixes left and right. And yeah. I, I bet it's going to be for forever. God, Buccaneers fans will have to get used to it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to see that the Packers dominated on Monday Night Football. Um, they just they played so well. Uh, the Falcons. We knew their defense going into the game was going to be garbage. Um, uh, but the Packers had no receivers healthy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Mr. Inconsistent, had like four catches. Um, but Robert Tanyan, Let's go. The, con- the converted wide receiver from Northern Indiana State, uh, was signed to the Lions practice squad. Packers picked him up at the end of the year. They made him as a uh, project the last two years. Wasn't healthy at all this year. Then he is now the number one fantasy tight end, according to what you said before. He had a game, over 100 receiving, almost 100 receiving yards, three touchdowns. One of them, he got tackled. (laughs) Rolled over, did a somersault. Somersault, got up and scored. Holy, that that guy's awesome. Bears, Um, frauds. Yes, I said it last week. I'll say it again. They were finally exposed. Um... Colts look like a really good team. Uh, they, they're very unhealthy at the wide receiver position, but they look like a really good team. Mm-hmm. And the Bears do not. And there's three and one. Uh, I think the record starts falling back to earth any day now. Play the Bucks tomorrow night. That might be an L again. Nick Foles sucks. I know he had that one year in Philadelphia. He's not much better than Trubisky. I told Mike that, and he was livid when I told him that. The Bears could have had like anybody else, and they traded including the Cam, pick. by the way. And they traded a draft pick and um, had to rework his contract, and they're paying Foles like twenty million in the, for the next three years. Foles is a solid backup if people are hurt. He's not a starter. And Let's play. Learning. 
let's celebrate because Matt Gay is off of Danny's roster finally. Hey! <laughs> We've only brought it up every week on this pod. He is finally gone. Yeah, I don't know who he went with. I'm just amazed it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so the Patriots, uh, they lose their best defensive player. Well, they lost Dante Hightower to opt out already, but now they lose Stephon Gilmore, who's one of the best corners, if not the best corner in football. Now they don't have Cam Newton either. Probably going to run out Jarrett Stidham, it looks like, because Brian Hoyer got benched. He had no pocket presence at all, <laughs> at least what they were talking about on, pardon my take. Uh, and the Bills are 4-0. Yeah, um, Chiefs looked Chiefs looked pretty good from what we, what we could see after our softball game when we were watching that. Um, they got gifted that pick six uh, in and out of Julian Edelman's hands. That was that was unique. But the Bills, they are the best team in the AFC right now. Um, we'll have to see how how they do against the Patriots. We'll we'll see if the Patriots can even play coming up, or if the Patriots are going to be full strength when they do play them. The Bills look good, mm-hmm. and they're in the top top three teams this year overall i don't know i'd say packers seahawks bills in some order am, am i missing chiefs. any what? chiefs chiefs yeah sorry um so the top fives ravens chiefs packers seahawks bills in some order i'm not gonna get in i'm not gonna get through would um, you take would you take the ravens over the steelers yeah interesting i would not they have about equal defense. I, I, I mean, the Ravens, they, I would say they have like an arguably equal defense or offense as well, except Lamar Jackson's a cheat code compared to Ben Roethlisberger. I'm curious how that series is going. I bet you they split Steelers and Ravens. I wouldn't. I would not be surprised. They're both pretty good teams. I, I see both of them making the playoffs. Cardinals are once again frauds. Uh, they lose the Lions, and now they lose to the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater, who's actually been very impressive so far. Panthers are now two and two, when we all thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm amazed. They lost Luke Keekley. Uh We retired. Uh, they cut Cam Newton. Interesting. Uh, McCaffrey's hurt, and yet they're winning. Teddy Two Gloves. He's a great leader, great player. Yeah, he just wins. That's all he does. When he was with the Saints, and he filled in. I mean, they were in undefeated when he was there. Mm-hmm. Ravens won. Eagles finally won against the 49ers on Sunday night with literally no weapons at all. Um, who was the guy that caught, like, the game-winning touchdown? Was it, like, John Parham or some crap? Um, I think he just got picked up in our sarcastic league. I'll go take a peek right now. That's what I was going to do, too. Yeah, um, his name is Travis Fulgham. Yeah, the the Eagles went out this week this year and they got like five new receivers and they're trying to go for all speed. Well, four of them are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Including Elshon Jeffrey then. They have they're back to like Greg Ward, rookie John Hightower, and then random practice squad guys. <laughs> so and yet they still beat the 49ers because the 49ers were rotating QBs. They the 49ers can't wait until Garoppolo comes back. Yeah. And they have a lot, a lot of injuries as well in, in San Francisco. We also had Al Michaels, who was very, very critical of wearing his mask on the uh, production team, which, by the way, it's a California mandate, so that's why they were wearing it. Because I had been wondering, I'm like, why the heck have they not been wearing it the first three weeks if they're going to wear it now? But then I guess California was really on them to wear it during the, pro- the, the broadcast. Oh, interesting. Learned something new. Gay saved his job again. I have no clue how. They lost to a horrible Denver team in Brett Ripon. And uh, Gase saves his job at the hands of Jeff Smith, Lawrence Cager, and Chris Hogan. Those are some studs. Oh, and don't forget about Joe Flacco, who is starting this week. The Jets are an absolute nightmare. They just cut Kalen Balaj, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Just have no idea what they're doing. No. Case does not deserve a job. No. Uh, the potential cancellations, that's something we're going to have to monitor here in the next couple days. As I kind of mentioned, Raiders, Titans, Patriots. Those are the three matchups that we are going to be having to closely monitor as it comes closer to that. 
So we are going to come back and talk about our matchup review as well as some previews. I command you to go back out there and fight! I'm not tired! All right, let's take a look at week four. So starting off, we had Pandemic Pangolin Special versus Outdoor Furnishing. Uh, seat covers scored 19.2 for Jake. It seems like he's an every week starter, yet he can't score 20 points in fantasy. <laughs> I had Mahomes, who came back to earth with 24.24. Um, gross game. He only threw 236, but he had two touchdowns as well. Uh we kind of mentioned earlier Joe Mixon absolutely exploded. Aaron Jones was really good. He had five receptions and a touchdown. Um, I had Ronald Jones, who had 20 carries for Tampa. Um, and, man, they're just giving him the ball, even with his – he had a lot of drop balls against the Chargers. I think he dropped three passes. His day would have looked a lot better. Uh, and I don't know what Bruce Arians does because Keyshawn Vaughn actually scored with Tampa Bay. Um, in that game as well. Melvin Gordon, for me, scored 25.8. Jake's wide receivers were very disappointing, combining for about 13 points with T.Y. and Debo Samuel. Uh, And then I had 40 points from Thielen and Judy. He doubled my score with Mark Andrews compared to Travis Kelsey. Um, And he got a fat zero in the flex from Ridley. Yet I could not take advantage because A.J. Green, of course, had one catch for three yards perfect and he had randy bullock with 17 points as kicker i don't understand this how does greg zerline only get two points yet the cowboys scored 38 he only had two extra points so i wonder if they just went for two all the time they must have yeah during the tenth of field goal and collected on both his extra points and 49 38 loss oh, god uh cowboys were losing 41 to 14 they were forced to go for two two-point conversions during their comeback whatever there you go dumb i lost by nine points i moved to two and two jake moves to three and one slight shocker i thought jake would be a playoff team this year but he's now three and one so he's looking good in that department moving on to our second matchup then we had team backflip defeat mrs burrow 155.5 to 116 of course, Dak Prescott went off with 45. Um, and then Andy's running backs were really disappointing. For Tyler, he had about 34 points from Kareem Hunt and James White. Welcome back, James White. C.D. Lamb with 25.2. Um, and then Andy's wide receivers were Jefferson and Cooper Cup, who combined for about 32 points. Tyler was forced into starting Gronk. Gross, one catch for 29 yards. Uh, and then Engram started for Andy with 10.5. The flexes for Tyler were quite ugly in Greg Ward and Michael Gallup. Um, and Akil Harry got in the end zone in garbage time for Andy. IDPs were pretty irrelevant, except for Levante David, who had 10.5. After this matchup, Tyler moved to 3-1, and one, the absolute biggest shocker of our season. Andy <laughs> moved to 0-4. Next matchup, we had Justin versus Ryan, and Justin lost 138.5 to 151.8. Kyler with 29.1. Lamar had 29, just about the same score as Kyler. Crazy they were only separated by 0.1 points. Um, If we look at the running backs, yours were very disappointing, including Daryl Henderson. What the hell happened? He only had eight carries for 21 yards after was, being an absolute horse last week. I was so frustrated because I had Latavius Murray chilling on my bench with 21. And Jonathan was, Taylor had 17 carries, but then like Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins combined for about 15 as well. That made no sense. And Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, their yards per carry were just dreadful. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's were great, and he didn't get the ball combined just barely over what they did i don't understand what happened camaro with another great game for ryan with 20.9 Kenyon drake is trash 3.5 points he has been the biggest disappointment by far this season for the running backs uh going in the first round in a lot of leagues Devontae parker with 21 for you and then amari cooper with 34 and a half that's a combined 55 compared to ryan's 13 with tyler lockett disappointing that was weird 
and DJ mm-hmm. Moore, who has been a slight disappointment this year as well. It also helps that Robbie Anderson has been outstanding this year. You started Lance Thomas with 2.8, and he Logan. started, yeah, Logan Thomas, not the NBA guy. Uh, and then Zach Ertz. There's only one important Logan, so that's why I forgot about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Ertz with a nice 6.9 points, including one two-point conversion. Brandon Cooks with an absolute duck for you is zero, and then Mr. Inconsistent with eight and a half. But Ryan's Ryan's flex is combined for about 45 points, and Kenny Galladay, welcome back. DJ Chark, welcome back with around 30. Kickers for both of you guys were completely irrelevant. IDPs, you had Wagner with 12. He had Eric Kendricks with 10 and a half, and Anthony Walker with 10, but the rest were kind of meh. So you move to one and three, and Ryan moves to three and one. We expected him to be there anyways. Mm-hmm. Looking at the next matchup, so this looks like it was um, the highest scoring combined game between D Slacky and Spaceballs. D Slacky lost 175.4 to 190.9. Uh, Spaceballs went off. So Deshaun Watson with 24.9, a.k.a. President Scroob, And uh, Drew Brees with a solid game, I guess we'll call it, with 19 and a half. It says here he had three carries for negative three yards. Had to have been him kneeling, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. So Lone Star and Pizza the Hut combined for 31.2 points for his running backs. Really good games there. Uh, and then D. Slaggy with another solid performance from Mike Davis, who fills in for McCaffrey. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with another di- double-digit game. Wide receivers, though, if we look at uh, Spaceball side, Dark Helmet with 23.1 and SB the Flamethrower with 14.6, including a crazy hurdle in which he jumped into the end zone. I am speaking of Brandon Ayuk, by the way. And then on D. Slaggy's side, Basically identical performances for Jarvis and Stephon Diggs, 17.25, 17.5. Jarvis also had a passing touchdown where it looked like he threw the ball as hard as he possibly could, and it did not have any speed at all. Still got Odell in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. That was that interesting. Was, that was awesome. That was an awesome play. And here's where it really exploded. So Spaceballs with Yogurt. 40.1, welcome back. He had a vengeance on his side. And Mo Alley Cox Gigantor with 8.3 for D Slacky, including one touchdown. He's gotten in the end zone two straight games. Uh, and then for flexes for Spaceballs, we had Spaceball Trooper and Eagle 5 combined for 29 points. On uh, D Slacky's side, again, Robbie Anderson, outstanding. Eight catches for 99 yards. And Hunter Renfro with 10.7. Kickers were pretty irrelevant this game. Uh, the big IDP was Tyron Matthew, who had the pick six, and Roquan Smith, shout out, Abella Danger's Mans with 11 and a half. And Ty Summers, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. With six and a half points. He was projected point eight. That doesn't make sense. He was the, the Packers starting middle linebacker because of uh, Kirksey's injury. Sure. But then they kept rotating him in and out, so... Uh, also, Roquan Smith had a stat correction because he had 12 before, and then he now he's only 11 and a half. Mm, interesting. So D. Slacky and Spaceballs are both 2-2 both two and two now on the season. Quite the shocker, another L for Randy. And he pointed out this is the second straight week he has had a 98% chance to win, according to Sleeper, and has blown it two straight. Call Randy the Atlanta Falcons fan club. So Randy loses 171.4 to 186.8. Russell Wilson, another great game, 24.9. He actually started off really, really rough. I think in the first half he had only single digits. Josh Allen. Wilson's other games, that actually was a not great performance by him. Yeah, he he did not – or he lost it to his projection by about 7.5 points. Josh Allen with 29.4 against Buffalo – or sorry, against Las Vegas – Running backs, Dalvin Cook, 28.6. Nick Chubb with only 4.3, and he's going to be out for the next around six weeks. Not good. Um, Looking at then for Sterk, he had David Johnson, 11.2. Josh Jacobs with a disappointing 10.3. 
Julio Jones left the game early for Randy, 7.2. He may miss another game. Odell, as I kind of mentioned, completely shit on the opponents, 38.4, and enjoyed it also, I may make mention. Uh, and Interesting then, why you say that. Yeah. Uh, on Spaceball, or sorry, on Stirk Daddy's side, then he had about uh, 37 points from Will Fuller and Keenan combined. Will Fuller came out with six for 108 and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz is looking like a stud. Uh, he did get a little banged up. I think he should be fine, but 17.2 against Cleveland. And then Darren Waller continues his strides with 16.8 against Buffalo. Flexes. Mike Evans should have got ejected. I feel like I've said that like nine times. Threw another punch, yet doesn't get ejected. And by the way, he pushes off every time that the ball is thrown to him in the end zone. I'm getting sick of that. Miles Sanders with 9.6. Disappointing for him. And then on Sterk for his flex, outstanding performances by Jamison Crowder. He's like the only bright spot for the Jets and Makai Becton. And then Jarek McKinnon with 22.7. Uh, looking at the IDPs, Randy's were bad. One, one, six and a half, four, gross. Uh, Jesse Bates had 10 for Sterk and 11 and a half for Miles Gary, who got the cookie. 13 for KJ Wright, who got the cookie as well. Randy moved to two and two, and then Sterk to three and one. Sterk is our top team as of this moment. Yeah, uh, if it literally was the difference between the IDPs because Sterk got a lot of extra points from those IDPs. Sure. Uh, all right, moving on to week. Bitch, we got five. one more matchup. Wait, what? Will's going to slap you in the face. We skipped his matchup. Well, it said it was the last one on my app. My bad. Well, you're an L. So in this matchup, King Henry's Kingdom, little slads, Beat Will 136 to 124, 12 point victory. Looking on at my the match. app, it had, it had this matchup like the second one. That's why I assumed we already got to it. Ah, <laughs> sure. Aaron Rodgers with 37 and a half. He continues his outstanding revenge year. Um, Jared Goff kind of sucks. 13.7 against the Giants defense. Come on, man. On Will's side, then, he had Austin Eckler, 2.4. I mentioned he's going to be out for quite some time. Um, according to the injury, he's supposed to be out six weeks. I think it could be significantly longer. So that's going to be a stash for uh, Little Slads. And then James Robinson continues to be solid in Jacksonville, 14.7. On the running backs for Little Slads, he had D Slag, or he had Devin Singletary. And Todd Gurley combined for about 40 points. Great showings for both those guys. Todd Gurley fell in the end zone twice and still didn't look incredible in that game. Wideouts for Will. He had DeKalen, Zacharias, Matt Calf with 14.6. Only four catches for 106 yards, so he was averaging 25 YPC. That's kind of weird, but that's the type of player he is. Uh, Randall Cobb, I don't know why he started him, with 5.6. And then Terry McLaurin and Robert Woods combined for 30 points. Terry McLaurin seems to be matchup and quarterback proof. Played against an outstanding secondary in Baltimore. Still put up 10 catches for 118 yards. That guy's a stud. Tight ends. Jimmy Grandpa versus Tyler Higbee. That's just a shit matchup right there. Looking at the flexes, we had Tyreek Hill and David Montgomery. And now David Montgomery's gone. Score about 27 points for Little Slads. And then look at this. Will flexed a second tight end with TJ Hawkinson. And then he also started Miles Gaskin, uh, who surprisingly only got 10 carries. And he had been getting a lot more than that before that. But those two combined for about 20 points. Looking at the IDPs, all were bad. No one of note there. So with this being said... Little Slads moved to two and two. Will moved to one and three. The biggest shocker after little or after Lefty being three and one is definitely Will being one and three. Injuries pay a price to that. So now you can move on and talk about week five. Thank you. All right. So we'll move into week five, where we have the battle of the two worst teams in For the Throne this year. Uh, Mrs. Burrow, 0-4 versus me, 1-3. I am projected to win 165.8 to 145.48. If that were the case, Randy or Andy would move to 0-5. Yikes. Um, so I'm projected to start Kyler Murray with 30, 
I'm going to have Jonathan Taylor with 14.6, Darrell Henderson, or Latavius Murray. I haven't figured that one out yet. Uh, Devontae Parker, Amari Cooper should get me a combined 34, according to Sleeper. I have no idea who I'm starting at tight end. They're all not great. Um, and then I have Brandon Cooks. He better get something this week or he's off my roster. He might be cut. Um, and then Sammy Watkins with 15. We'll see the IDPs, but I got Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner, so I'm feeling good with them. For Andy, she's going to start – well, her team name is Mrs. Burrow, so I'm gonna, just going to assume that she's going to start Joey Burrow this week. She's got 26.5 projected from him. Her running backs are yikes. Rex Burkhead and Zach Moss, both not projected to get 10 points. Uh, at the wide receiver, she's looking good. Justin Jefferson, the rookie for Vikings, and Cooper Cup. Direct to get about 30 points from them. She's got Evan Ingram, who looked good this last week and going against the Dallas defense, so he should tear it up. 12 points there. And then her last and then her flexes, she's got Nikhil Harry and John Brown combined about 24 points projected. Um, the only IDP that she's got worth right now uh, is Zach Cunningham, which projected to get 10 points this week. Her bench not looking great so that looks like it could be her roster for this week and if that were to be the case she would lose by 20. When we move on to the next matchup the pandemic pangolin special versus lamar and friends Woo! bucks and six looks like you're going to be moving to three and two according to sleepers projections how do you feel about this week yeah, I'm a little bit scared playing against a 3-1 top competitor in Ryan. I was hoping that he'd be hit a little hard by buys. Doesn't look like it's going to be the case. We got a nice quarterback showdown, though, with Mahomes versus Lamar. I know that Ryan's probably excited about that. Yeah, that should be a good one. Um, then you're, it looks like you're starting Melvin Gordon and Ronald Jones right now. Both starting running backs. Both could get the ball a lot like that, although Philip Lindsay does come back this week. Um then you got DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen. You're projected to get about 40 points combined for the two of them. You're looking pretty good there. Then you get Travis Kelsey, who was the top fantasy tight end before Robert Tanyan when it came on the screen. Um, well, he's number one in PPR, but the number two in standard. You have the number two tight end in uh, fantasy football. You're, you're going to be good. Yep. Uh, then you have the rookie, Jerry Judy, who is shown out for the Broncos going against New England. Without Stefan Gilmore, so that he should get some points. Uh, James Conner for Pittsburgh, uh, starting there uh, against Philly, should be good. Uh, and then you have Greg Zerline against the Giants defense, so he should get you some points. Your IDPs look good. You just won't we'll have to figure out if one of them goes off. Uh, Ryan uh, is starting, you already said Lamar. You've got Alvin Kamara, who's been far and away the top fantasy football player this year. It's crazy. Um, he's going to start Chase Edmonds over Kenyon Drake this week. Interesting, as of right now. Uh, Tyler Lockett hopes to rebound after a tough week. DJ Moore, between them, they're projected to get about 34 points. Zach Ertz is projected to get about 12. It looks like he's going to start T. Higgins this week. Uh, about 11. T. Chark week with about 16. Uh, his IDPs look a little worse than yours. Could be the reason why you are currently projected with a nine-point victory. Would definitely shake up the standings a little bit, and both could both of you could be three and two. Uh, we go to the next matchup where Spaceballs at two and two is projected to beat Lefty or Team Backflip at three and one. There we go. My app is glitching hard right now. Uh, Spaceballs is starting. I'm not going to try to do the the nicknames because my app doesn't allow it. Um, they get cut off. So Deshaun Watson's projected to get like 32. Zeke is supposed to have 22 and a half. Mark Ingram is 10 and a half. Allen Robinson, 16.9. Brandon Ayuk, 11 and a half. George Kittle, who is going to go back to being like the number two tight end in fantasy shortly, uh, at 18. Tyler Boyd at 14. Marquise Brown at 14. Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the league, is supposed to get double digits points. All of that is why he's currently projected to beat Tyler uh, by 13. Although Tyler is going to have a great QB matchup with Dak Prescott going. Uh, 
Kareem Hunt should be there uh, back to running back one um, in Cleveland. He'll get some good points. Projected to get 20. He's going to start James White with 13. CeeDee Lamb and Julian Edelman combined for about 27 in his wide receiver spots. Right now, he's starting Jonu Smith at tight end. We'll see if he's allowed to play this week. Uh, otherwise, he's going to be playing Gronk. Yikes. Um, and then his flexes look like Scotty Miller without uh, Godwin and Michael Gallup. And he does, currently does not have a kicker in his lineup. So we'll see what he does. Uh, with that, we move on to the fourth matchup of the week. With Mila Clark fan uh, projected to beat the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Both these teams are two and two. Although Randy, like he's like you originally said, had 98% chance of beating them at two different times. We'll see if he's able to actually pull this one out. Uh, Randy has a huge QB uh, advantage with Russell Wilson over Drew Brees, 32 to 26. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Mike Davis are going to cancel each other out at about 18 with Dalvin Cook for Randy. He's Randy's going to start Miles Sanders at 17 against Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 19. He's got a little bit of the disadvantage here. Uh, this is where he starts to get that advantage back, though. If Julio Jones plays, he's going to have a 17-10 to 10 advantage over Jarvis Landry. Uh, Odell Beckham, expected to get 15. Same with Stephon Diggs for Danny. Randy's currently starting Dalton Schultz as long as he plays with 11 over Mo Ali Cox for Danny. Uh, the flexes, AJ Brown and Mike Evans combined 30 ish points. If they both are playing, they're both questionable uh, over Hunter Renfro and Robbie Anderson. Randy currently doesn't have a kicker in the lineup. So that matchup will points will go up once he puts that kicker in. And he also has a little bit superior IDPs with Darius Leonard um, projected to get 13 points. If that would be the case, we'd have three teams at three and two with Randy, Ryan, and Logan. We move on to the next matchup, outdoor furnishings versus seeing ghosts. Matchup of the three and one versus the one and three and projected to be, Jake was projected to get to four and one with Will going to one and four. Uh, Outdoor furnishings is projected to win 160 to 145. Uh, seat covers is his starting QB at projected to get 25 versus Indy. Joe Mixon uh, projected to get 15 after that huge breakout performance. He's going to start Antonio Gibson uh, for Aaron Jones this week uh, at projected to get 12 and a half. Calvin Ridley and Deontay Johnson are projected to get 33 for him. He's got Mark Andrews projected to get 15. Darius Slayton and Debo Samuel projected to get about 26 and some solid IDPs and kickers. Will uh, is going to start Teddy Bridgewater currently uh, 27 uh, points. Actually projected to outscore seat covers. David Montgomery, welcome to his roster. And James Robinson are projected to get about 32 points. Kalen, Zacharias, and Zach Pascal as uh, his wide receivers. It was Godwin out. Are projected to get about 26. Higby is projected to get about five points lower than Mark Andrews. And then he's got DJ or David Moore uh, from the Seahawks and James Washington and his flexes projected to get about 16. Um, I'm, I'm, he's got Rex Specs, Nat Goggles as his kicker with eight. And their IDPs look about even, although he's going to put in uh, Marvin Humphreys after a great week last week. Finally, we get to the last matchup of the week where we get the top team so far in Fuller House versus King Henry's Kingdom. And Fuller House is projected to also go to four and one along with outdoor furnishings. Uh, Fuller House uh, is projected to win 182.5 to 173.5 over little slats. Fuller House is going to start Josh Allen at 32 and a half. Uh, David Johnson and Josh Jacobs with a combined 31. Will Fuller and John uh, Juju uh, combined 32. Darren Waller with 15 at the tight end spot. And in his flexes, he's got Jamison Crowder and Chris Carson projected to get about 33. He's got Will Lutz projected to also be in double digits. For little slads, you got Jared Goff projected to get about 27 versus the Washington shit defense. Um, King Henry, if he plays, is projected to get 17.7. Todd Gurley at 15.5. 
Then at his wide receivers position, he's got Tyreek Hill at 19 and Robert Woods at 15 and a half. Uh, Austin Hooper as the tight end in that three tight ends uh, spot in Cleveland. And then Devin Singletary as his other – oh, he's, and Terry McLaurin in his flex spots with about 31 combined. Kickers should be pretty even with 10.9 for Harrison Bucker uh, average. And then four little slats, he has got Jalen Smith projected to get double-digit points. Even with that, according to Sleeper, after next week, we should have Fuller House and Outdoor Furnishings in the lead with this league at 4-1. and one. That should be a wrap for the preview for next week. Yeah, and again, we're excited to see what happens this week. Hopefully, we don't see too many cancellations and everything goes smoothly. But we'll see what happens. We'll be back next week to talk about week five and moving forward. See you next time.